0: Philips is focused on innovation to improve the health and well-being of people. Our devices and device-agnostic informatics solutions can scale across your enterprise to help care teams diagnose, treat, and manage patients with accuracy, speed, and confidence. By connecting the digital patient story, physicians and clinicians have intelligence for decision-making in the moment and insight to see beyond. It's our privilege to partner with you to care for the carers and to improve the lives of the people and patients they serve. Philips, innovation and you. This is Kate Cruz recording at the 8th Annual Buckers HIT Digital Health and RCM Conference in Chicago. I'm here with Jen Blum. Jim, to get us started, can you share a bit about yourself and your role at your organization?
1: Sure. So uh, I'm the Chief Health Information Officer at the University of Iowa. And in that capacity, really, I represent our practice uh, and look for technologies to help enhance that practice. Uh, And that extends everything from our electronic medical record uh, all the way through advanced monitoring technologies and uh, other AI, AI technologies. Uh, my background was I was formally trained as a computer scientist before entering medicine. I have an active practice as an anesthesiologist intensivist in our ICUs. And I have a, a small aviation medicine practice as well uh, to have a little little bit of outpatient experience as well.
0: All right. So, I'm excited to hear more about that. Um, when you think of digital innovation overall in healthcare right now, what excites you the most and why?
1: Well, I think... Uh, as everyone's gonna say right now in the short term, it is it is AI, particularly in the large language modeling domain, it's gonna fundamentally change the way we practice healthcare. As to whether or not I'll improve healthcare, I'm not quite sure, but it's definitely going to make providers' lives better. And I think with post-pandemic provider burnout, all those things, uh, there is I have 100% certainty that that's gonna demonstrate real benefit to our providers. Not just in how we communicate with patients, but how we uh, metabolize information, how that information ingress occurs, and how we visualize that information is going to be pivotal in changing that. Um, I think that's what we're going to see for the next three to five years, uh, where the excitement is. Um, but I think there's a much brighter future after that and in, in sort of uh, incorporation of genomic data, metabolomic data mm-hmm. in actual disease states which i think is where we're actually going to demonstrate improvements in actual
0: yeah. care yeah interesting right. yeah. um so i'm going to throw in a surprise question um as an iowan i'm an iowan okay um iograd
1: are you a hawkeye though that's the question of course very good all right yeah <laughs> easier to be a easier to be a hawkeye these days than a cyclone that's it, for sure except so
0: for our that, bad news about Cade mcmair today yeah
1: we, i know
0: i know Well, better days ahead. Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) so um, Iowa has a lot of rural patients. Yes. Um, How has, and, you know, the University of Iowa isn't the most rural, but I know you serve a lot of a rural population. We
1: are very proud of taking care of the entire state.
0: So how have you utilized technology to reach the rural population, which, you know, by definition tends to be older and less technologically? Yeah,
1: yeah. So the first thing I'm going to say is... um, We have been really focused on uh, making our care accessible to anyone in Iowa. We're the only quaternary care center in Iowa. We do things that nobody else does. And uh, really the only thing we need to refer patients out for is proton therapy. And we're very proud of that. Uh, How do we make that care accessible to rural Iowans? It's been through A, having access into our clinics and bringing people to making it easy to come to our clinics and having clinics that are outside of Iowa City that are around the state. But additionally, obviously, leveraging the digital platform that we have. So uh, we have fairly high adoption of MyChart in Epic, uh, about 70% adoption of MyChart. Most of our patients are accessing that, not on the web. They're accessing it on their mobile device. And in addition to that, we're really starting to double down now on investing in telehealth. Uh, with the goal of providing telehealth visits via uh, that mobile device in the patient's home, so they don't need to come to some other center to have a visual a, a virtual visit, they can have that visit from the comfort of their home. And we're actually tackling very complex disorders with this. Um, we currently have a a transplant clinic, so we evaluate patients for kidney transplant. Right now, they come to a center but we're actually getting ready to take on those hardest cases and do them hundred percent remotely.
0: Wow. Interesting. Yeah. I can't wait to hear more about how that goes and uh, how that develops. We're very
1: excited about that. Yes.
0: Um, When you at your organization, what are the top priorities for technology? What are the big issues that you're trying to solve? I know we just kind of talked about rural care. That's one of them.
1: So uh, one of the real privileges I have in working at the University of Iowa is our goal is to just deliver the absolute best care possible to the people of the state of Iowa. That's our mission. That's what we do. Um, And we evaluate the quality of our care based on Vizient. That's our true north. Um, So uh, what I'm really excited about in in the way that we're gonna transform that care um, and deliver that care to patients is really through um, the integration of new technologies. Um, So we talked a little about telehealth, which really isn't a new technology. What I'm really excited about is the way we transform care uh, that we allow providers to practice the top of their license. That we have the ability for uh, for us to use motivation monitoring and other techniques to really change the way we manage chronic diseases um, and hopefully prevent them from becoming debilitating chronic diseases. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah, definitely. I can see a lot of benefits for obviously the patient, but also providers yeah. there.
1: Yeah. In terms of our providers, I think as we talked a little bit about earlier, the the large language modeling components. Those types of things are really going to, I think, impact our providers and alleviate the kind of tediousness that comes with modern medical practice. If we can get that stuff to be a few minutes a day of people's lives rather than an hour or two, um, I think that'll dramatically improve our providers' uh, experience. I
0: I agree. Um, What is a piece of advice that you would give to healthcare leaders today regarding digital innovation?
1: You got to invest and you got to trust, right? Yep. Those are those are my comments. These technologies are incredibly complex. They have lots of smart people doing lots of work to develop them. That takes time. That takes energy. And people need to get paid to do that work. So as much as we would like these technologies to be free, they're not going to be free. Is the return on investment going to be necessarily in a dollars and cents format? I think to some extent it will be. Uh, can we maybe get a little more productivity out of these these workers that are already quitting left, right, and sideways because they're overworked? That's probably a bit of an ask. But if work is better, they might do that. But I think where we're, we'll see that real benefit is in the quality of care we do, right? That's going to be the key thing. Um, and they need to trust that through delivering higher quality care, and as we transition to more of a value proposition in healthcare, that that's going to keep the boat afloat. Right, you know, and now no one's going to become rich doing that. But can we can we make this sustainable? I think the answer is yes. But that starts with making an investment now that may not necessarily be revenue positive. And they need to trust that's going to change.
0: Definitely. What are some when you are looking at a new technology to implement? What are some you know key things you look for? Things that haven't you know features that you've been like mm, that's not going to work for us. Yeah. Um.
1: So obviously, working within the workflow of our providers is going to be pivotal. Mm -hmm. Um, And for us, that means the technology existing somehow in harmony with Epic, Uh, whether that's inside Epic or a tool that's closely coupled to Epic, there's lots of ways that that can happen. But introducing a technology that exists where providers need to open up something else, they need to work in a separate tool, Obviously, if that's all they do all day, for example, a radiologist reading images, okay, that may not need to exist inside Epic. But anything that we're deploying across the institution needs to work in harmony. Uh, and then it needs to deliver really value, whatever that value may be, improved patient care, improved uh, improved productivity. Those are the key things that we look for.
0: Definitely. Could you provide examples of specific instances where the integration of informatics solutions led to improved patient outcomes or enhanced patient provider communication?
1: Yeah. I would say the most recent example of that has been our remote patient monitoring interventions. Uh, we have very good data suggesting now that we can basically take a patient that's hypertensive in a clinic, uh, send them home with a device and Basically, say to that patient, you know, we're going to be watching your blood pressure on a daily basis. You're going to get messages either via my chart or maybe we'll call you from our pharmacist and we're going to get your blood pressure under control. Right. Mm -hmm. And the family practice doc can say, or the primary care doc can say, I'll see you next year at your visit. Right. And I'll keep track of you in this. Mm We don't have to bring that patient back to clinic every two weeks for a blood pressure check. The doc doesn't need to be consumed saying, oh, let's increase the dose from five to 10, mm-hmm. right? You know, that the pharmacist can operate the top of their license. That improves access for our patients. They don't need to come back. It just changes the entire chronic disease management. Yeah you know, which is fantastic. And probably frees
0: people. up a lot of time for doctors and caregivers Ex- as well.
1: Exactly. Well, well, I don't know if It frees up time, but it, it lets them focus on something that's more important, exactly. right? Where exactly. they really need, where the patient needs to come in and be seen by that provider to have, to Have the doctor engaged with you,
0: yeah, because especially in a place like Iowa, you know, you may be driving 30 minutes for a doctor's appointment, and if you need to go get your blood checked, yeah, ex-
1: 30 <laughs> minutes that, that's yeah, on a that, low that, end, that can be on the low end for some of our patients, yeah, <laughs> and so, yeah, exactly. And so, the ability to manage these patients, uh, remotely, and now it's fortunate that CMS and insurers have figured out that this is worthwhile paying for, right? This technology has existed for a long time, but we've only been able to justify the investment Mm -hmm. uh, for the past couple of years because payers, not all payers yet have recognized the value.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I was gonna, that could go down a whole different alleyway of the payment getting (laughs) involved in this. I won't surprise you with those questions. I'll get myself lost. Um, But five years from now, what do you think will be the most significant change in healthcare delivery and operations? How should people prepare?
1: Yeah, it it's unquestionably going to be the change to value. Um, we are still mostly a B for service organization. Uh, it is clear as day that Medicare cannot continue to exist with the current spend rate. Um, that's going to, and the only the easy solution to that is just change everybody to some type of value based care delivery plan. So we need to be ready for that. And how do we deliver high quality care under the value calculation? And we gotta be ready for that as a health system, not just University of Iowa healthcare, but as a nation. And that's gonna mean that patients need to be ready to receive care in a different format. And we need to be ready to deliver care in a different format. And that starts with some experimentation now to then subsequently evolve to that value-based model, which I think at the end of the day will actually be better for everyone. I agree. (laughs) and particularly the patients mm-hmm. may not be better for uh, our paychecks. Um, but I think it's going to be better for patients overall.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, I agree. Um, Jim, thank you so much for spending some time with me today. Is there anything else you want our listeners to know?
1: Uh, just uh, thank you for having the opportunity to spend time with you as well. Um, and we, uh, I think our, your listeners just need to be ready for a great year next year for the Hawkeyes in football. <laughs> and uh, and watch out for women's basketball this yes, season. Yes, so, yes.
0: All right, I love it. That's the best message that we've heard all day for the last question. <laughs> Go Hawks. All right, thank you, Jim. Thanks. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks, to help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized and meaningful way. Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC.